Welcome to Victory Church's online podcast library. We hope you enjoy this message today. Read out of Psalm 103. I'm going to read out of two translations this morning. Psalm 103. And you know, I was looking at you know one of my favorite books that I have. I would I would encourage everyone everyone to get a copy. I've got it on all kinds of versions, but I've got it in my in my phone and my computer, my my iPad. It's called The Treasury of David by, by Charles Spurgeon. And it's his verse-by-verse verse on, on the book of Psalms. Plus, he takes his favorite quotes from other commentators from every verse-by-verse verse in the book of Psalms. It's, a, it's literally the treasury. It's like a, the treasury of David. And I was reading the introduction to Psalm 103 this morning um, from David's treasury. And... Um, Spurgeon said that this psalm, Psalm 103, he talks about, he says, the, 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 he looked at this, the psalms of David as like the Alps. And he says some are higher than the others. And he says that this has to be the highest peak in the Alps. He called it Monte Rosa. That's what he called Psalm 103. And um, you'll, 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 you'll get it because this is, this is an incredible psalm. I'm going to read it out of um, the New King James. Then I'm going to read it out of the Passion. And then just share as the Lord leads me from it this morning. Um, and this is what David says. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Now he's, he's talking to himself. He's talking to his soul, right? Have you ever talked to yourself before? Well, David did and he answered himself, which is really cool. He said, bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Who forgives all your iniquities. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is gracious and merciful slow to anger and abounding, overflowing, another translation says, abounding in mercy. Amen. So I'm going to read those eight verses. Then I want to read it out of the Passion Translation. This is really powerful as well. It says, with my whole heart and with my whole life and with my innermost being, I bow in wonder and love before you, holy God. Yahweh, you're my soul's celebration. How could I forget the miracles of kindness that you've done for me? You kissed my heart with forgiveness in spite of all I've done. You've healed me inside and out from every disease. You rescued me from hell and saved my life. You've crowned me with love and mercy. And you satisfy my every desire with good things. You've supercharged my life so that I soar again like a flying eagle in the sky. You're a God who makes things right, giving justice to the defenseless. You unveiled to Moses your plans and showed Israel's sons what you could do. Lord, you're so kind and tenderhearted to those who don't deserve, don't deserve it. So be patient with people and who, so patient with people who fail you. Your love is like a flooding river. Overflowing its banks with kindness. I, I love that. It's a- absolutely powerful. But I want to start with this first, this first um, 
passage. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name and forget not all of his benefits. Don't forget his benefits, David said. Who forgives all my sins. He forgives all my sins. I want you to say that with me. He he forgives all my sins. Now this is something I was thinking about. I was reading, I think it was Matthew Henry the other day. And this phrase jumped into my head. Forgiveness is the doorway to the blessings of God in our life. It's the beginning. It's where it all starts. So Psalm 103, this mountain of roses has to start with forgiveness. It's where it starts. It's where the blessing of God starts in your life. Until you come to the understanding that you need forgiveness. You can never enter this mountain of roses. Until you recognize you're in need of a Savior. You can never experience the benefits of salvation. It all starts when you recognize that your need, your continual need to come to Him as the Savior, Redeemer, Forgiver of all of our sins. It's where our, our revelation starts. Now, I'm, I'm not going to take time. I've got way too, again, I'm way over prepared. So I want to read just a, a, a paragraph from one of the blogs that I wrote about this. Most of our problems in this world are self-inflicted. So can somebody say Amen. What am I talking about? Well, things like drinking alcohol. How many have lost their jobs, marriages, or health because of issues with booze? Does anyone know anyone that that's happened to? Can we see a show of hands? If you know someone. I know it wasn't you, but you know somebody that that stuff happened to, right? The numbers are staggering. Then there's bad habits with, with credit cards. Uh-oh. Again, how many have inflicted major damage on their family because of bad financial choices that led to debt? Does anyone know anyone like that that might have happened to? Bad financial choices. So now without being too direct, how many have how many have had bad habits with food intake that has led to health problems? This one is bigger than we want to know and is often buried in a mountains of self-denial. Mountains of denial. That's why forgiveness is so powerful. Forgiveness leads us out of our self-inflicted prison into God's life of blessing. Forgiveness leads us into health, prosperity, and restoration of broken relationships. That's why David connects the forgiveness with the blessings of God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you forgive all of my sins. Wash me again. Lift your hands with me right now. Wash me again, Lord, in your precious blood. Wash me, Lord. Wash away my sins that I can step into the mountain of your blessing, the mountain of roses, and experience the blessing of God upon my life. Pride keeps you from the blessings of God because pride never wants to take responsibility for your problems. Pride wants to blame somebody else for your problems. Rather than taking responsibility and say, Lord, it's me. Forgive me. Even if someone else is in the mix. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me. Wash away my sins. And lead me into this blessing. Now, then he goes on in the next verse. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. And forget not all of his benefits. Don't ever forget the goodness of God throughout your past. 
How many times has God met you and met you and met you again? You know, I love this story. You know, one of the favorite Bible stories for children, of course, is the story of, of David and Goliath. I mean, who could ever forget that story? What a story. Who could invent a story like that? And the, and the, the truth is, it's not just a story. It's a real, it's a real event that happens. You know, you know the story. David was a, was a teenager and he went out to, to bring some supplies to his brothers. His brothers were all older than him and were all in Saul's army. And when he got out there to, to, to find the army, they were two camps. The Philistines and the Israelis were facing one another. And their champion, called Goliath of Gath, would come out in the middle and challenge any Israeli to come out and, and battle to represent his, his people. And, and none of them were afraid. It says none of them would do it. They were all afraid. And David was this shepherd boy, a young teenager, and he came out and he saw this chaos going on. And he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? This uncircumcised, this Philistine that doesn't have, does not have a covenant with God like I have a covenant with God. He didn't have armor. He didn't have weapons. All he had was his sling that he protected his sheep with that he was pretty good with. And, you know, he went to the king and he said, let me face this giant. And Saul said, you can't face this giant. You're just a child. And he said, King Saul. The Lord has delivered a lion into my hands and the Lord has delivered a bear into this into my hands. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine to taunt the armies of the living gods? So what was he doing? He was rehearsing the times in his past that God has met had met him. You know, all of us, it's a good way, a good place to start when trouble comes. You know, I have to think back at the way the Lord has met us as a congregation. I remember that when we first started our church, we had picketers outside of our building for 11 months. The Lord met us and expanded us in the midst of that obstacle. You know, I, I can remember, you know, some of the other things that, that happened over the next few years. There was a, a huge oil crash that absolutely destroyed the economy in New Orleans in the 1980s. And at the same time, if that wasn't bad enough, the interest rates going up into high double digits while we're trying to build our building on Transcontinental Drive. In the midst of all that, we had the evangelist scandals right here in our backyard that became national scandals in every newspaper and every TV for months in the midst of our attempt to, to go forward. You know what? The Lord met us. He met us. He provided for us supernaturally in the midst of impossible circumstances. I think back when I was burned out and ready to give up and, and he met me again with the, the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. I think of what happened in 2005 when our city was destroyed and the Lord met us in Katrina time and time and time and time again. Well, if he was faithful with the picketers, if he was faithful in the oil crisis... If he was faithful in the evangelist scandals, if he was faithful in Katrina, why do I have to worry in the midst of COVID-19 or whatever else comes down the pipe? Come on now. Has, has he been faithful to you? 
And this is what David is saying. Oh, bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all that is within me, bless His holy name. He forgives all of my sins. Don't forget His goodness and His benefits because He's been with us all along. He'll never let you down. He never will. He never will. Never will. He's healed me on the inside. Psalm 103 verse 3. How could I ever forget the miracles of kindness you've done for me? You kissed my heart with forgiveness. And he's in spite of all I've done. You've healed me inside and out from every disease. You know, I think that this David, you know, you can't get far from David. It's like Jesus is right there in the midst of every word that he says. As a matter of fact, he carried the son of David in his loins as he wrote the Psalms. He was right there with him, moving in him. And this Psalm of Psalms, he's talking about how he heals us on the inside and on the outside. And I think of some of the significant repetitive miracles in the ministry of Jesus. He healed again and again and again and again those that were paralyzed. I remember the one amazing paralytic that was healed after he was let down through the roof. And Jesus looked at this man's face and he said, son, your sins are forgiven. Rise and go home. Take your pallet and go home. This man was healed not only on the outside, he was healed on the inside. His sins were forgiven and he was made whole on the inside. You think of all the the blind people that were healed in his ministry. They couldn't see. They couldn't operate in this natural world. They were lost, confused, wandering aimlessly through life until Jesus came and touched and healed on the inside and on the outsides and gave them eyes to see. Oh, yeah, eyes to see. Now they can walk and they can see and they can move about in this world. And you think of the other common miracle in the ministry of Jesus, of course, was was leprosy. Leprosy was a, was a foul, dirty disease, unsanitary. And you think about how, how, how it r- reminds us that it was something that they, they taught and they believed that it was a, a, a reminder of the sinfulness and the uncleanness of sin in our lives. And Jesus came and he touched and he cleansed the leper, cleansed them on the inside and cleansed them on the outside. Not only were their their sins cleansed and the foul bacteria and disease that was causing their suffering was was wiped away by his touch. But on the inside, their sins were, were forgiven and they were no longer walking in the uncleanness of their sins, separated from the life of God and separated from his goodness. He heals us on the inside and on the outside. It's what he's doing in your life. When you open your heart to His mercy, you open your heart to His kindness, He begins to work on the inside of you, and He washes you and renews you and makes you whole and healthy on the inside, and then it begins to affect your outward circumstances in life. Wow. Verse 4, you rescued me from hell and saved my life. Wow, you know... You know, the misery that we were talking about before, the misery that comes from bad choices, whether it's bad choices with with substance abuse, bad choices with food intake, bad choices with the way we spend our money. And it leads us into misery 
in miserable circumstances. Those miserable circumstances are just a picture. They're really a type and a shadow of the misery that comes for eternity that to those who make bad choices. The, be- the worst choice of all is to reject the kindness and the mercy of the Savior. It's the kindness and mercy of the Savior that brings us out of our misery and delivers us from eternal suffering and eternal misery. The last thing that you want to taste is eternal suffering and eternal misery. And though, thank you, Lord, you forgive me of all my sins and all of my iniquities so that you bring me out of that horrible pit. And I don't have to face eternity without you. It says you... Not only you saved me from hell, you spared my life and you crowned me with love and mercy. To crown it means to surround and close in upon with spiritual blessings. To surround us. He has surrounded me with his blessings. He surrounds me daily with his blessings. He crowns me with his loving kindness. He crowns me with his mercy. I am surrounded by the blessings and the favor of God every day of my life. Surrounded. I'm surrounded. I like that word. I am surrounded. Say it with me. I am surrounded. I'm surrounded by God. I'm crowned with his mercy. He's crowning me with his mercy and his kindness. Now, here's a, a short quote about this. Oh, I love this. This is um, from Spurgeon, from the treasury of David. And this is what he says about that mercy. He says, all the world tastes of his sparing mercy. Those who hear the gospel partake of his inviting mercy. The saints live by his saving mercy and are preserved by his upholding mercy and are are, console, are, are cheered by his consoling mercy and will enter heaven through his infinite and everlasting mercy. Let grace abounding be our hourly song in the house of our pilgrimage. Let those who feel that they live upon it glory, glorify in the plenteous fountain from which it is so spontaneously flows. You know, the, the kindness and the mercy of the Lord are too powerful Very descriptive Hebrew words. One of these words talks about the the treatment that you give only to the closest family members. You know, you treat closest family members differently than you treat other people. You might give them exceptional favor in questionable situations. This is this is the mercy and kindness of our God. He treats his family, his family in a different way. And the other word, the other word, mercy, it literally means it's connected to, it's connected to the womb is what it is. It's the mercy and love and kindness that a mother has from her child. For her child because she's carried that child in her very womb. And that mercy she has for that child goes different. It's different from anyone else in the world the way she treats them. That's his kindness and his mercy that he has for you. You're his closest relative. He's held you since you were in your mother's womb. He's loved you before there was a you. He's loved you in his mercy and his kindness. Oh, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Forget not his benefits. He's crowned me. He's crowned me and surrounded me with mercy. 
and with kindness. Ha. Ah. Yeah, he says some. Um, verse 5. He satisfied my every desire with good. Last same. This is what Paris was talking about earlier. He is my portion. He is my portion. You satisfy my every desire. You never can see this until you step into forgiveness. When you step into forgiveness, you see that life is not about the things of this world so much. It's about the, the creator of all things, the lover of your soul. Forgiveness brings you face to face with this God of mercy who becomes your portion, your treasure, your all in all. He becomes your song. How can you be quiet? How can church be quiet? How can we not sing the songs when we've tasted ourselves of His kindness and His mercy? I was ruining my life. My life was a miserable thing until He brought me out of a pit. He washed my sins away. He brought me out of mercy, out of, out of my, my misery. And He brought me into mercy and crowned my life. With His favor and with His goodness. What can I do but sing His song? (laughs) You satisfy my every desire with good things. The Passion Translation says you've supercharged my life. You've supercharged my life so that I can soar again. I can get up. I can, I can go again. You know, when you, when you get beat and beat and beat and beat by the, the fruit of misery in this life, there comes a time where you think, I'm done and I can't do this anymore. I can't do this job anymore. I can't do this ministry anymore. I can't do this marriage anymore. I can't do this job anymore. I can't do life anymore. Anybody ever been there? But this, Taste of His kindness, of His goodness. You are supercharged. Oh yeah, with new energy to to rise up and soar like an eagle and do the things you could never even think of doing before. It's supernatural, supernatural power. There's supernatural power available to us. He's empowered me. You satisfy my every desire with good things. Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. And I'm going to finish with this. This is um, what I titled the, the, this, the flooding river of love. It's like a flooding river. Lord, you're so kind and tenderhearted to those who don't deserve it. And so patient with people who fail you. Your love is like a flooding river overflowing its banks with kindness. Well, you don't really know what that's like till you've been around a flooding river. I love this translation of this particular verse. Your love is like a flooding river overflowing its banks with kindness. Paris and I used to live on the Bogafly River for a couple of years, a few years back. That river would overflow its banks and consume our property once or twice a year. Yeah, praise him. <laughs> it was really interesting. <laughs> One time it consumed too much until it actually got into the house. It was, our house was way up there, like way up there. It was, it was, it wasn't good. The the river would overflow its banks and consume our property once or twice a year as if the river had a life all of its own. When it came out of its banks, it consumed and affected everything. Nothing could escape its overwhelming flow. God's love and kindness 
is an overflowing river. It's actually a person. This precious Holy Spirit, His love is in a constant state of overflow. The Father and the Son of God are the fountainheads. They are the fountainhead where this river flows from. Step into this river and you'll be wrapped in His kindness, consumed by His love. Now here's a quote that I'm not going to read, so I'll, you, can, you can read my blog because that's in there. His love is an overflow. I think it was today, actually. An overflowing river. So, the Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. You know, I have a feeling David probably wrote this. He probably wrote this when he, the, the way he starts this psalm off. He starts this psalm off and he was one of those days where he didn't feel like Blessing the Lord. No, no, I don't feel like blessing the Lord today. I'm going to wait till he blesses me, then I'll bless him. I mean, he wasn't feeling it, but he knew because he had been down this road a lot of times before. He knew what it was faced to look in the eyes of the lion, look in the eyes of the bear, look into the eyes of the giant, look at the Philistines, run from his, his family that was trying to overrun him, his son that had betrayed him and tried to take the throne. He knew what it meant to be betrayed, forsaken, and spoken evil of. He knew what it was like, but he also knew that God met him every single time and brought him out. Every time. When he didn't feel it. So he learned this. This was important. I'm not going to go by the way things appear today. I'm going to look at the goodness of God. I'm going to look at his goodness. I'm going to look at his covenant with me. I'm going to remember how he brought me out and he brought me in time and time again. I'm going to bless the Lord. I'm going to bless the Lord. I'm going to sing those songs till the glory comes down. I'm going to remember how He brought me out of my pit of misery into His place of abundance and how He's crowned my life and surrounded me with goodness day after day after day after day. Oh, bless the Lord, oh my soul and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all that is within me, bless His holy name. Would y'all stand with me right now? Bless the Lord. Come on, let's bless the Lord right now. Let's just take a couple minutes and just, let's just do that. What's that look like in your, in your world right now? Begin to bless the Lord. Visit our website at www.victorychurchnola.com for service times and more information.